special news alert to consumers who owe back taxes to the IRS. Due to the financial hardship consumers are facing during the decline in the U.S. economy, the Internal Revenue Service is now accepting reduced settlements from consumers on back taxes, resulting in back taxes reduced by thousands of dollars. An open phone line has been established by Federal Tax Relief for consumers to call and see if you qualify for this reduction. To ensure your financial stability during this decline in the economy, take down this number or store it in your cell phone, but call 1-800-432-0360. That's 1-800-432-0360. If you owe back taxes to the IRS, there's no need to fear anymore. The IRS is now accepting reduced settlements from consumers, resulting in tax debts reduced by thousands of dollars. For your free information and to see if you qualify for your reduction, call the Federal Tax Relief Hotline, 1-800-432-0360. 1-800-432-0360. That's 1-800-432-0360. Boston conservative in the cradle of liberty. You'll want to listen when Chuck Moore speaks on the Information Radio Network. Chuck Moore, hosting Chuck Moore Speaks Monday through Friday, 10 till noon Eastern Standard Time here at the USA Network. You're welcome to join the program. 844 439 1391. 844-439-1391. Who are indigenous people? We're talking about um, indigenous people. The, uh, the the organization is First Peoples Worldwide. Rebecca Adamson is my guest. She is the founder and the chairman of First Peoples Worldwide. Rebecca, thanks for joining me this afternoon. Thank you so much, Chuck, for your interest. Thank you. Rebecca, talk a little bit about who are indigenous people and uh, and how did you get involved in uh, supporting indigenous people? Well, first, my mother was Eastern Cherokee from uh, the Koala Reservation in North Carolina. So I grew up um, both within the uh, Cherokee culture and then my father being a Swedish immigrant uh, within the Swedish culture and then, of course, within the uh, great American dream. So I was very fortunate to experience uh, unique and, and overlapping but different uh, rich cultures as a child and on into my adult life. So I mean, through that experience, I think I became very committed to trying to build bridges between different views and among diverse people to really use those perspectives as a way to solve solutions for, for what we face today. It's interesting to me that you've developed an organization that has, uh, uh, perhaps even for the first time, begun to organize and coordinate indigenous people all over the world. We're talking about people in all of the continents of the world here. This is an international organization and movement. And uh, I guess that, therefore, I'd, I'd like to... Uh, just uh, sort of discover exactly what is your uh, what are your general philosophical principles? I mean, are you uh, are you supporting the uh, the the preservation of and the advancement of the identities of indigenous people? Do you seek sovereignty for them? I mean, w- what is it about? 
Uh, it's both of those, but it's within the context of um, modern, modernization and development. So, for instance, you're right. I mean, we make small grants, Chuck. And when I say small, we can make a $500 grant to some of the most remote places in the world. Um, but our grants average maybe at um, $1,500 to $5,000. We can go as high as $20,000. We're making grants in about 60, well, we are in actually 60 countries as we talk. Uh, and because they're very small, um, we get huge impact. For instance, one-third of our grantees were um, funding within 600 indigenous communities now across 60 countries. And one-third of them had never ever been funded before. Uh, and the ones that have are usually struggling underneath these huge government-designed programs that don't fit the local needs. And so our small money comes in. For example, we fund traditional snake bite healers in Sri Lanka, and they go to the villages and they train uh, traditional snake bite healers because you can't get to a hospital in some of these villages. And they have a small uh, economic generate, you know, it generates income, and we have a whole um, certifying group of the traditional snake bite healers operating in Sri Lanka now. Uh, we funded for $7,000, um, we funded the Batwa in Uganda to take the forced slash and the agricultural waste, like, you know, the coffee or rice peelings or whatever, and they make wood pellets. And they told us in one of their grant reports that for the first time ever, when they walked into town, people didn't spit at them now because they were small business owners. Some of our grants right. really move you. We believe there's an innate brilliance and a desire to be productive within our communities and that it has been ignored and and when it is, with good intentions, tried to be developed, it, it's these huge over blown federal programs like we do conservation funding so we use our traditional um, knowledge about the land and for instance uh, we've funded some local managed marine areas where they manage the marine life and set aside um, areas to uh, revitalize the uh, growth and, and, and it's very very smart conservation well, when we look at the traditional ways of taking care of the land, we cost it out, and it costs $2.30 a hectare. Now, indigenous people's land covers 25% of the Earth's surface, and it contains 80% of the remaining biodiversity. So our stewardship and conservation works at $2.30 yeah. a hectare. The Conservation International, World Wildlife Fund, they cost $2,346 a hectare to manage and administer the national parks. I say we're a better economic deal, and we're bringing the Western sure. modern approaches to our communities then, to blend these things, to blend these as solutions. It's exciting. You can tell you know, I'm excited it, it, about it, Jack. I'm sorry. It, it, I didn't no, give you a chance it, to ask it, me another question. <laughs> I'm excited. No, not at all. It's, are amazing. And, 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 and it's a I, huge I subject. Because we get... Clearly. We get like USAID and these big, huge uh, development yeah. agencies talk to us, and they come in and, and they want to take a project. Like for five thousand dollars, we revitalized uh, the traditional ways of of um, uh, restoring coral reefs. For five thousand dollars, we've got marine scientists all over the world trying to study how to do this, and it's in traditional knowledge. Um, and right. and then they come and they they want to set up this huge bureaucratic 
structure where we just took the group we'd funded, networked them with local hotels that want nice coral reefs for their tourists, and they've got a business. Sure. You know, we don't need a government program. But, you know, it seems to me like that the big, the big uh, grantees and these big government programs and, for that matter, big corporations, they want to come in and, in a sense, change the local culture and the local approach and they don't take into account the fact that local people who had been in that region for who knows how many millennia even have great innate knowledge with regard to how to manage their own lives, their own culture, their own land, and that in a sense from each of these cultures around the world, we as a, as a, as a people could learn various things and techniques, medicines, yeah, land conservation, small businesses that we, we would not have even been able to have conceived of. I mean, as an author of books, I'm thinking to myself as you talk, this is a topic for a book. Somebody could, I mean, it would take a lot of research to go and a lot of travel, but it would be fascinating to actually document and, uh, and, and chronicle some of these local modalities because they can teach all of us a lot of, of things. I mean, it's, that, that we couldn't even imagine. Uh, are the case now? Oh um, Check, I mean, just what you the said. Fact like, is that we do. We analyze the funding flows, and to give you, since we look at these massive, ginormous flows of international funding aid, and we look at how it flows, and Indigenous people get less than one tenth of one percent uh, of that reaches them directly the, of the funding. You know, international programs for, that are intended to benefit Indigenous people. So you look at that, that 99.999% of the money didn't reach them. <laughs> I mean, 99.999%. No, Rebecca, from knowing what I've, I've studied about, about government and agencies, you know, I would yeah. say that probably about, about 95% of that money stays right where, you know, at the source of its grant. <laughs> You know, they fund various bureaucracies that have nothing to do with, you know, they got a bunch of people sitting around at a computer screen. I mean, it doesn't get out into the field. Well, now, if you ever want to write the that fact, book, however, know. is, <laughs> I know I will. Thank you. I mean, I, I, it, it does, it's very tantalizing. Uh, the, the fact is that, that indigenous people, whether they're in Siberia, whether they're in Alaska, whether they're in northern Canada, whether they're in the Amazon, they are sitting on enormous natural resources and you've got governments and you've got major international corporations that are, are more than just coveting those those resources they want to come in and they want to drill and they want to explore and they want to mine and they want to you know take take the sources uh, how would what would be the best approach for indigenous people uh, in terms of dealing with that situation should they seek to completely ban that sort of activity, or should they seek to profit from it, or should they seek to, in a sense, find some middle ground, some means by which there can be a modest amount of mining and, and drilling, and and that they can make sure that they get their fair share of it, but it well, doesn't enter into the picture to the extent that it despoils the local culture and the local environment. Well, we work very directly with major, major extractive corporations. And to answer your question, it's sort of like all of the above in that we are committed to assuring that each community makes those decisions within its unique cultural and ecological and um, belief 
uh, context. So, for instance, we funded uh, in uh, Bolivia the Rawani people, and and when you talk about when I say we have our land covers about 24% of the Earth's surface and has 80% of the remaining biodiversity, Chuck, that's a huge amount of natural resources oh, that yeah. all the corporations sure. are looking at right now. And so what they had was a bunch of environmentalists, though, that were on the land saying we're going to drive uh, the company away. It was Repsol. And the community itself said, well, we have 32 villages up and down the river, and we don't know what they want. And so we gave them an $11,000 grant, and the environmentalists said, well, you have to drive them away or we're we're not going to fund you. And we said, well, we'll fund you to make up your own mind. <laughs> you know, And they oh, you know, paid see. for the okay. motorboat, went up and down the 23 villages. And actually, every village um, supported, voted. It was a unanimous vote to um, partner with the Repsol, Repsol, the oil company. And they turned right. around and negotiated a $14 million development fund for their communities. And another one, right. they believe, oh, okay. really didn't want – it was a wood company, and they really – didn't want the company in a per- particular part of their woods, and we funded them to do all the campaigning and to meet with the company to assure they wouldn't go there. So, you know, it's it's within each context of the group, but it should be everyone's right to say what's going to happen yep. in their backyard. Oh, absolutely, which, which brings me to my next uh, question, Rebecca, and that is that in the case of indigenous people, you've got – uh, very localized forms of government that um, are often tribal-based as opposed to modern. Um, are you helping indigenous people develop a means by which they can govern themselves, by which they can obtain local sovereignty and power, and uh, and use and to learn to use that ability to balance? The uh, I guess you might say the host government, the host nation, which may not necessarily be friendly to them. Uh, we did a project in the Americas that was specifically around building uh, um, self-governance, and, and because some of the traditional governments uh, actually applied for funding so that they could uh, adopt modern mechanisms uh, for negotiating with the outside world. Some of the yeah, um, yeah. more contemporary governments actually uh, had proposals in to ask funding to help support figuring out how the traditional government and the elected government can work together. Uh, we had one that sure. was submitted. It's so funny. I won't say the name of the group, but they wrote us a proposal, and they said, you know, our, our traditional government and elected government haven't talked to each other for six years. Okay, Rebecca, i got to take a brief break Absolutely. here. Rebecca Adamson my guest. Uh, first people worldwide, please. Let me see your hands, kid. Disgusting. Order some of the new brawny industrial brand flax wipers from Granger. They're highly absorbent, made from sustainable bio-based material, and safer than laundered wipes because they carry fewer contaminants. Perfect for cleaning up after a dirty job like whatever it was you were doing. You're going to be living with those hands for a long time, kid. Keep them clean and your facility spotless with new brawny industrial brand flax wipers. Get it? Got it? Good. Call clickgranger.com slash Georgia Pacific or stop by. Granger, for the ones who get it done. You have probably heard of the KISS system, K-I-S-S. Keep it super simple. 
Hi, how in the world are you anyway? This is Andy Willoughby presenting the Simple 3-Step Plan Home Business System. I really think that the main reason the 3-Step Plan has been able to help so many people build a business working from home is because of its simplicity. If you have a telephone, internet access, and some good old stick to you can make more money working from home. For information, go to 3-Step USA or call 800 800- 480-2102. Our turnkey system will give you everything you need to be successful. Many three-step plan members are now in the top 2% of income earners in the nation, and they did it working from home. If you want a better financial future and think you might appreciate the freedom of working from home, we invite you to check out the three-step plan. Go to 3-Step USA or call 800-480-2102. Owning and caring for a home comes with a lot of to-dos. Tune up the furnace, clean the gutters, remodel the kitchen. Whatever your home improvement need, HomeAdvisor can help you find a pro you can trust to get the job done right. Go to rebuild.homeadvisor.com for instant access to top-rated pros in your area, including electricians, handymen, plumbers, whatever type of home pro you need. And HomeAdvisor is absolutely free to use. At HomeAdvisor, you can read customer reviews of the pros, even use the cost guide to find out what hundreds of other home projects cost in your area. And because HomeAdvisor knows it's important to find a pro you can trust in your home, they conduct background checks on their service professionals. It's just one of the reasons more than 25 million homeowners have used HomeAdvisor. Go to rebuild.homeadvisor.com to find the right pro for your project. That's rebuild.homeadvisor.com. Okay, so you own a business and cash is tight. So what do you do when you need funds? Go to a bank? (laughs) Yeah, right. Waste a lot of time, send tons of paperwork only to find out you need to personally guarantee your home, firstborn, and everything in between. Or you can just call the Business Funding Group. Yeah, it's fast and simple with a 95% approval rate and cash for any business purpose. Equipment, inventory, expansion, cash flow, payroll. Grab a pen or put this number in your cell phone, but call 1-800-684-5434. That's 1-800-684-5434. When you call, you'll find out how to quickly and easily get the cash you need, up to $1 million with no collateral, no app or upfront fees, and your credit rating is not a factor. Plus approvals in 12 hours and 5 in two to three days. Call the business funding group at 1-800-684-5434. That's 1-800-684-5434. This is by far the fastest and best business loan you can possibly get. Call 1-800-684-5434 now. Hi, I'm Joan London, and if you're worried about your parent or a loved one living alone like I was, and you want reliable senior care information, then call A Place for Mom, the nation's largest senior living referral service. With one phone call, you'll get free information on assisted living, Alzheimer's care, nursing homes, even important financial information. It's a free service, so call now. 800-379-2206. 800-379-2206. Taking back America one listener at a time. Chuck Morse speaks. Thank you very much. And my guest is Rebecca Adamson. She's the founder and president of uh, First Peoples Worldwide. Who are indigenous people? According to the United Nations, there are approximately 400 million indigenous people worldwide, making up more than 5,000 distinct tribes, 
And uh, together, we are one of the largest minority groups in the world, spanning over 90 countries, while indigenous peoples total only about 6% of the world's population. We represent 90% of the cultural diversity. Uh, I I think it's safe to say that, uh, Rebecca, your organization is involved with helping indigenous people preserve and develop their culture, their local sovereignty, in some cases even possibly national sovereignty, and at the same time how to interact with and protect themselves from and benefit from the uh, the world economic system and the world political system. Would that be a, a good description? Absolutely. And we, we really truly believe that many of the ways that indigenous people have organized their social and their economic systems are, are going to be valuable uh, models for all of us as we go into the future. Uh, so, you know, looking at an economy that really sustains the planet's life, uh, the, the concepts of balance and harmony aren't quaint uh, uh, captions. They're, they're really fundamental design principles. Of, of how you organize economically so that you are in balance and working within the ecosystems and, 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 and the planet. So, you know, we have uh, really in very informative systems and ways of systems thinking, I think, that, that, that all of us could benefit from it. And, that's, and a lot of our funding is to blend that, Chuck. We really bring in scientific and traditional um, knowledge frameworks to see what happens and to see the, what happens. I want to bring up a little bit of a, uh, a discordant note here, only in that um, I've interviewed people from an organization that is critical of Native American governments, and uh, and I'm not. I mean, I support them, but, but they're pointing out that uh, some of these governments are very corrupt, and some of them have court systems that are very corrupt in that they've been involved with um, taking children who are have some Native American background and forcibly bringing them onto the reservation where they're being adopted by people and they're being sexually abused. And, uh, yeah, I have this uh, group that's – I've had them on my program a couple of times, and um, I want to have people on to counter those accusations. But it seems to me that um, the the Native American governments – I guess that there needs to be some kind of a, a system of checks and balances – to ensure that they've uh, th- that they're not abusing their power, just like any other government. Uh, so, uh, are you advocating that anything be put in place to try to promote the ethical standards of some of these governments? What we promote is good governance practices, such as transparency, inclusive processes, uh, mm-hmm. and in that, we don't have a particular governance template, but we have, we'll make grants and then let the communities sort of figure out within their own context, you know, what kind of governments do they need and uh, and, and looking at, again, uh, values of transparency and inclusivity. Now, I want to say right. uh, everyone needs to take their uh, rosy glasses off if they think that in some way Native Americans are inherently better than any other of right. the rich cultural We're all human beings, out there. exactly. We have the same, I mean, we are humans, and there's the human nature. Yeah. Uh, that what I, what I marvel at, though, is that within the indigenous societies, 
the way systems were designed actually mitigated some of the badder qualities that are sort of consistent. I mean, sure. you know, a lot of indigenous societies were um, organized around sharing and really promoted sharing, and they facilitated uh, processes in the society uh, for sharing. Now, that was because they felt that this was a value uh, that made sure everyone was taken care of. You know, but we had greedy people, Chuck. We really did. But it was right. the way that's, we well, designed. Right. That's yeah. right. Well, that's exactly. my question, which is that just like like anything else, we're all we're all su we're all susceptible to corruption, mm -hmm. and and when that happens, and it does with, with with regard at least to to Native American governments, probably all over the world, is there a means by which uh, that that kind of corruption can be addressed? Uh, you know, because they do have a very good level of sovereignty, and it's very difficult to to challenge such corruption once it enters into those systems. So, uh, you know, that, that's sort of what I'm wondering about. I think, uh, I think a couple things have to be done. I think there needs to be more resources made available uh, for self-governance. Okay. All right, we, we've got another break here, Rebecca. Sorry about that. We'll be back after these messages. Listen to USA Network. actor, but a real-life story from Trinity Debt Management. When our daughter Emma was born, we took a look at our credit card debt. It was not a good situation. We had been running up balances for quite some time, and it became a crisis. Finally, my wife Vicki said, call Trinity. If you're in debt and you need help, call Trinity at 1-800-793-8752 to talk to a certified counselor. We called them, they contacted all of our creditors, they stopped the collections calls, they got the interest reduced, and they put us on a plan for success. Trinity will consolidate your bills, stop collections calls, wipe out late fees, reduce your interest, and possibly improve your credit score. You'll save thousands. We are now completely debt-free, and we will never be in the spot we were again, thanks to Trinity. If your debt has you down, call Trinity at 1-800-793-8752. My name is John. I'm Vicki. And I'm Emma. And, and we're, we're debt-free debt for keeps. That's 1-800-793-8752. This is a special news alert to consumers who owe back taxes to the IRS. Due to the financial hardship consumers are facing during the decline in the U.S. economy, the Internal Revenue Service is now accepting reduced settlements from consumers on back taxes, resulting in back taxes reduced by thousands of dollars. An open phone line has been established by Federal Tax Relief for consumers to call and see if you qualify for this reduction. To ensure your financial stability during this decline in the economy, take down this number or store it in your cell phone, but call one 800 432-0360. That's 1-800-432-0360. If you owe back taxes to the IRS, there's no need to fear anymore. The IRS is now accepting reduced settlements from consumers, resulting in tax debts reduced by thousands of dollars. For your free information and to see if you qualify for your reduction, call the Federal Tax Relief Hotline, 1-800-432-0360. 1-800-432-0360. That's 1-800-432-0360. Chuck Morse speaks. Thank you very much. And Rebecca Adamson's my guest. The uh, organization is First Peoples Worldwide. The website is firstpeoples.org. And we're talking about uh, the challenges and the benefits uh, that are being experienced by indigenous people around the world. 
Uh, Rebecca, have uh, there, are there not several places around the world where indigenous people have achieved national sovereignty? I, I would think specifically uh, South Pacific, uh, uh, New Guinea, uh, Papua New Guinea, uh, and, and some other areas. How is that going, and are you advocating – I mean, are you a na- are you advocating nationalism? Are you advocating a uh, you know a, a separatism and 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 sovereignty uh, for for peoples? Uh, well, we are. I guess uh, we are definitely advocating self determination, uh, and within that, there is clearly a sovereignty element. But it it's not in in many of the developing countries. I. Uh, there's a uh, an alarm bell that goes off about cessation and you know right. and then civil war and we do not advocate violence of, of any sort but but we're also uh in our experience check we're not working with any groups indigenous groups that are advocating the in the sense of the complete closed sovereignty uh of the nation they don't right. want their own currency they don't want their own army uh you know but what we do have are elements of sovereignty around, you know, common language, common history, the values, um, the ceremonies, the rituals, the identification. So there's, there's, we want a balance within there where we right. have the mm-hmm. comfort and space for our values and our culture and even the sharing of that, the exchange. Um, and But also, you know, it's sort of like a family where we all are in the same family, but some of our families are very – members are very different from each other. Oh, you bet. Yeah, even within the Native Americans in the United States. Oh, absolutely. Uh, you know, pe- people tend to put them all in the same boat when they're very different um, well, the regionally and even individually. What, yeah, the one you were talking like Australia, uh, New Zealand, Greenland is doing some phenomenally interesting uh, work up there with uh, the Denmark Parliament had created home rule mm-hmm. for the Inuit in Greenland, and they are now within the next several years uh, going to be releasing, or I guess I'd put implementing autonomous home rule. So Greenland has begun to, right. to become its own country run by Inuit, um, parla- wow. an Inuit parliament. Fantastic. So it's going to be, yeah, it, that's one of the few cases where I've seen that much uh, uh, sort of what's the, complete or pure sovereignty. <laughs> uh, there's always right. been sure. negotiated sure. roles back and forth. Now, I think that, I mean, and again, I'm looking at this without a lot of research on my part, but my understanding is that two of the toughest countries in the world for, with regard to dealing with indigenous people are actually Canada and Russia. <laughs> Would that, right? for not, for, if you're going to claim not knowing much, that was the bullseye yeah. on, on what's happening globally. Okay. That's, I mean, Canada just passed legislation just completely... Um, I don't know what you'd say, outlawing us. Uh, indigenous peoples and indigenous groups became uh, non-entities under the uh, Russian oh, law. Oh, my. And then, and then global protests, though, thanks to social media and programs such as yours, massive international protests, and Russia reversed its position on um, eliminating us in, in the sense that they were just going to deny any indigeneity. Indigenous people, we're right. all indigenous you know, we don't have indigenous peoples kind of position. And, and so they retracted. Uh, and and then Canada, who used to be a beacon of uh, 
civil rights, human rights, and uh, Aboriginal rights has completely gotten caught up in its quest uh, to accelerate uh, a resource-based economy, uh, they have really pulled back on the rights up there. Okay, we're going to take another break. Sorry about that. Rebecca, we'll be right back. A Truth Talk defender, Chuck Morse, is someone you really do want to know. Chuck hosts the radio talk show Chuck Morse Speaks, which is nationally syndicated. He's the author of books and numerous columns that have been published broadly. Chuck received the 2003 Communicator of the Year Award and was named a heavy 100 radio talk host by Talkers Magazine. When Chuck Morse speaks, people listen. They're taking possession of this tiny holy land so that the, the Jew can serve God, not conquer the world. To hear Chuck live, go to irnusaradio.com. To hear Chuck with Deborah Ray on Truth Talk Beyond the Soundbite, visit the on-demand page at deborahray.us. Most of us have pondered about the one universal question. Is there a God? And if there is, is there any absolute proof? It is for that exact reason why my good friend Sam Sorbo and I, Marius Forte, have written our book, The Answer, Proof of God in Heaven. In essence, the answers in our book are surprisingly simple as they're true. Just as light will eliminate darkness, so does the law, which in Greek is called cosmos, eliminate the possibility of chance. Therefore, chance had no part in the creation of the law of this cosmos. And so the only other possibility is that the law was created by a creator that we call God. The answer, Proof of God in Heaven, is probably one of the most powerful books that truly proves the existence of God via His universal laws, and with it that of an eternal soul and everlasting life. Please find our book, The Answer, Proof of God in Heaven, now on Amazon.com or at our website, theanswer-book.com. Special news alert to consumers who owe back taxes to the IRS. Due to the financial hardship consumers are facing during the decline in the U.S. economy, the Internal Revenue Service is now accepting reduced settlements from consumers on back taxes, resulting in back taxes reduced by thousands of dollars. An open phone line has been established by Federal Tax Relief for consumers to call and see if you qualify for this reduction. To ensure your financial stability during this decline in the economy, take down this number or store it in your cell phone, but call 1-800-432-0360. That's 1-800-432-0360. If you owe back taxes to the IRS, there's no need to fear anymore. The IRS is now accepting reduced settlements from consumers, resulting in tax debts reduced by thousands of dollars. For your free information and to see if you qualify for your reduction, call the Federal Tax Relief Hotline, 1-800-432-0360. 1-800-432-0360. That's 1-800-432-0360. Chuck Morse Speaks. Thank you very much. And uh, Rebecca Adamson is here. First Peoples Worldwide is the uh, organization, firstpeoples.org. And uh, they're involved in uh, various means of helping indigenous people uh, find their place in their in their nations uh, as, as uh, operating with uh, limited degrees of sovereignty. 
and also of developing local economy. They give grants to uh, local people who have local businesses and uh, know how to use a, a small amount of money to go far. And uh, I think that it's safe to say, Rebecca, that you've been able to mobilize interest in helping indigenous people internationally. I mean, if you could go after Russia and get them to step down, that's something <laughs> that um, you should you should meet with Obama, talk to him about, about how to deal with them. Yeah, Maybe right. it's a special I mean, secret pretty, I need to sell or something. Yeah. <laughs> but, you know, there is such a genuine, deep, and broad concern and alliance with indigenous peoples in the public in general, Chuck. They just, it, there's something that resonates with most people. And I really think right. it's our, I, I, our I, connections I, to family and the planet. You know, we, we are all connected. It's, it's on our that connection. Level. It's also our connection to the past, in that we all came from indigenous people. I mean, that's uh, you know, we, we you know, we we all have ancestry, and we we don't want to lose that sense of it. And, and here we have people who have kept a consistent uh, identification with that ancestry over probably millennia. <laughs> and there's something about that that's very powerful. It's uh, it's something that that there's a sense that. Uh, not only is it worth preserving, but it's something we can all learn from. You know, I mean, how do a people really survive like that? Absolutely. That's what I mean about what we have something to really share with the world. And it's like I often say we are all indigenous people of this planet. And right. so I think that's what's resonating. And we're seeing today more than ever uh, that there is a real support for our voice and our values out there. And I, we come back around. It was interesting when, just before we broke the last time, we were talking about governments and, and Canada in particular, in its vision of its resource-based economy, it's absolutely defeating itself by withdrawing uh, uh, indigenous rights. Right. Oh, absolutely. All right, we're going to take one more break. Sorry about that. We'll be right back. Most of us have pondered about the one universal question. Is there a God? And if there is, is there any absolute proof? It is for that exact reason why my good friend Sam Sorbo and I, Marius Forte, have written our book, The Answer, Proof of God in Heaven. In essence, the answers in our book are surprisingly simple as they're true. Just as light will eliminate darkness, so does the law, which in Greek is called cosmos, eliminate the possibility of chance. Therefore, chance had no part in the creation of the law of this cosmos. And so the only other possibility is that the law was created by a creator that we call God. The answer, Proof of God in Heaven, is probably one of the most powerful books that truly proves the existence of God via His universal laws, and with it that of an eternal soul and everlasting life. Please find our book, The Answer, Proof of God in Heaven, now on Amazon.com or at our website, theanswer-book.com. You'll want to listen when Chuck Moore speaks on the Information Radio Network. Thank you very much. And Rebecca Adams is my guest. She's the founder of First Peoples Worldwide. The website is firstpeoples.org. Uh, Rebecca, this wouldn't be a, an AM-style radio talk show if I didn't bring up a controversy, so <laughs> uh, here goes. 
Um, do you fall? Where do you fall on the issue recently voted on in the city of Seattle, Washington, to replace Columbus Day with Indigenous Day? You know, I think it's time that we really, really celebrated and recognized the breadth and depth of contributions from Indigenous peoples. I personally don't like to go with an either-or kind of uh, win-lose scenario. I mean, I don't know why we have to then take away from, you know, Italian celebration of a, of a legend that is meaningful for them and yeah. symbolic. Uh, I think that's fine. But I think that, you know, what we know today uh, needs to be represented in, in how as a society we celebrate and recognize uh, our histories. And indigenous people deserve a tremendous amount of recognition. So it's about time. I mean, yeah. I think, I wish, it, I mean, I went, it's one of these things where I probably would have done it differently, but I'm, I'm glad it's there. It, the same with the Redskins name. I mean, if you want to get jump, let's just jump into the controversy, Chuck. What because, the heck, right? uh, yeah. You know, at a certain point, um, in, we're tired of, of being defined, and I think maybe every woman can re relate to being told, oh, no, don't feel like that, you know, but if, if these are your feelings, they're genuine, they're authentic, and Indian people feel strongly, many, many Indian people feel strongly about a derogative term, redskins, being used uh, right. as a name for a yeah. football team. It's just such a small thing. No, Why sure. do it? You know? that, no, I, I, look, I'm, with, I'm down with you on that, but as far as Indigenous Day, I, I support that. I just don't think that it needs to replace Columbus Day. I don't either. Uh, I, I don't really don't. Why, why not have, yeah, why not have a, a, an Indigenous Day or an Indigenous Study Week or you know a, a period of time to study and learn and honor Indigenous people? I mean, I think that what's gone on there is there's an attempt to denigrate Columbus because he represents European settlers to the New World, as if you know. And I understand that obviously. The settlement of the New World by Europeans resulted in millions of deaths of indigenous people, mostly from exposure to disease, uh, you know, because they didn't have the immune system that, that had been built up, and also to wars that were engaged in by both sides. And, uh, you know, there's a lot of unpleasant aspects of that history that needs to be studied. But at the same time, I think that, that there's nothing wrong with valuing the contributions that Europeans made to creating the the new, uh, you know, the Western Hemisphere and certainly in the founding of the United States. Yeah, um, you know, so, I mean, I just think that both things can be honored. It just, it, I just think there's a troubling polarity in our social discourse nowadays <laughs> where it's got to be yeah. either or and it's extreme, you know, uh, good and bad. And, and I think it just gets us into these situations where they're unnecessary. I'm with you completely. Why not both? I mean, it, it, we don't have to yeah, take exactly. away from Columbus and, and the history there to, in order to finally, finally really turn and say, oh, my gosh, we're late, but please let us make up for ignoring the brilliance and celebrating and recognizing indigenous people. You know, it, it's just that simple. You bet. But, but, I mean, unfortunately, I think that the issue, there are people who would like to hijack that issue and use it as a means of denigrating Western civilization. I don't yeah. think it needs to be done that way. Both things can be honored, and both things can contribute to each other. It's not a matter, as you say, of either or. Yeah. So, you know, I, I mean, used that, to, that, when I was younger, I, 
I used to have to, we would hunt a couple deer every year for the winter, get us through the winter. And mm-hmm. uh, it's an analogy that I use often when people start denigrating Western societies and cultures in it. You know, when I would go out to hunt, I would need uh, to look and scan as far across the landscape as I could. So it was like sort of a holistic way of looking at everything out there. But then I needed my scope to actually make sure I could hit the deer. Uh, So it's like we need these kind of different perspectives, Uh, and and that's what comes from the difference in cultures. Uh, So the Cherokee people had a white council and a red council for their government. The white council was the women's council, and the red council was the men's. It was a very deliberate, conscious decision to have both ways brought into the decision-making. I think our Congress should follow that, if you ask me. Well, no, yeah. I think it's a, it's a, certainly an interesting thought that we should we should honor the fact that it was the Iroquois Confederacy in in New York yes. that inspired Benjamin Franklin to develop the idea of the separate states forming a union. Yes, exactly. You know, I mean that was something that he studied, and he they those those nations came together and formed a confederacy, and uh, you know it kind of set the template for the U.S. Confederacy Confederacy mm-hmm. of States. Which became Even the, the terms of caucus and ad hoc or Iroquois terms. There we go. Okay, we're going to take one more break here. We'll be okay. right Kid, if something in this facility breaks, bends, or bursts, Granger's got our back. 20 cases of disc springs from Granger.com, new rotary encoder ordered on Granger's mobile app, a dozen splash goggles from the local Granger branch. What more could you want in life? Granger has over 1 million products for all our facilities' needs. 1 million. That's a 1 followed by 6 zeros, kid. Everything we need whenever we need it. Get it? Got it? Good. Call, click Granger.com, or stop by. Granger, for the ones who get it. Tune up the furnace, clean the gutters, remodel the bathroom. Whatever your home improvement need, HomeAdvisor can help you find a pro you can trust to get the job done right. Go to rebuild.homeadvisor.com for instant access to top-rated pros in your area. HomeAdvisor is absolutely free to use. You can read customer reviews of the pros, even use the cost guide to find out what hundreds of other home projects cost in your area. Go to rebuild.homeadvisor.com to find the right pro for your project. Author, journalist, and American patriot. This is Chuck Morse Speaks. Thank you very much. Uh, Rebecca Adamson's my guest. Again, First Peoples Worldwide is the website. Uh, firstpeoples.org. Rebecca, uh, I'm really down with you on this, and uh, I we only have a minute or so left, so I'd like you to let my listeners know where they can reach you, how they can help, and, and any other information you'd like to impart. Oh, fantastic. Uh, please visit our web. You've been saying it through the program. It's www.firstpeoples.org. Uh, give us a call. We're at 540-899-6545, And you can reach us through info, info at firstpeoples.org, info at firstpeoples.org. Please send us your um, questions. Send us some uh, uh, compliments. Tell us what you're doing. Uh, Join our Facebook, and please uh, come on board. Very good. And, you know, I didn't even get a chance to ask you how the the North Carolina Cherokees are doing. Um, Um, Fine, fine. (laughs) 
uh, I don't get there I mean, as got, much as got I would. Own, they've got a going tribe there. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Uh, we've believe, got a fantastic And it's recognized and nationally, club. isn't it? Mm-hmm. We've got a, yeah. mu- a museum, a wonderful museum down there. Uh, we've got uh, a theater unto these hills. Um, there's plenty for folks mm-hmm. to do. Come down to Cherokee. Been to right. vacation. It's great. Plus, I think that at the uh, at the Dolly Parton uh, uh, Dollywood, they've got a fantastic pavilion. Uh, that being the North Carolina Cherokees. Also, please visit our web too. and look at our grantees. Chuck, they are brilliant. Yep. The grantees are so exciting. We've got a map. You can pull excellent. up where we are in whatever country. See the projects we're doing. Uh, maybe oh yeah, for the your website's excellent. Again, <laughs> map out your next. No, you vacation, bet. You, thanks so much, and uh, let me know how I can help. And, again, the website is uh, firstpeoples.org. Check this out. There are all sorts of things you can learn here. This is a great uh, great chance for me to learn. It's been a good learning experience. I want to thank you for joining me, Rebecca. Thank you very much, Chuck. Bye-bye. All right. Thanks so much. Okay. And we shall be back um, shortly, uh, hour number two. Uh, Chuck Moore Speaks, and you might want to check out my books, of course, which are available at Amazon or Amazon Kindle. Just put my name in the server, Chuck Morse, M-O-R-S-E, and you'll be there. Business and cash is tight. So what do you do when you need funds? Go to a bank? (laughs) Yeah, right. Waste a lot of time, send tons of paperwork, only to find out you need to personally guarantee your home, firstborn, and everything in between. Or you can just call the Business Funding Group. Yeah, it's fast and simple, with a 95% approval rate and cash for any business purpose. Equipment, inventory, expansion, cash flow, payroll. Grab a pen or put this number in your cell phone, but call 1-800-684-5434. That's 1-800-684-5434. When you call, you'll find out how to quickly and easily easily get the cash you need up to one million dollars with no collateral no app or upfront fees and your credit rating is not a factor plus approvals in 12 hours and funds in two to three days call the business funding group at 1-800-684-5434 that's 1-800-684-5434 this is by far the fastest and best business loan you can possibly get call 1-800-684-5434 Special news alert to consumers who owe back taxes to the IRS. Due to the financial hardship consumers are facing during the decline in the U.S. economy, the Internal Revenue Service is now accepting reduced settlements from consumers on back taxes, resulting in back taxes reduced by thousands of dollars. An open phone line has been established by federal tax relief for consumers to call and see if you qualify for this reduction. To ensure your financial stability during this decline in the economy, take down this number or store it in your cell phone, but call one 800 432 0360. That's 1-800-432-0360. If you owe back taxes to the IRS, there's no need to fear anymore. The IRS is now accepting reduced settlements from consumers, resulting in tax debts reduced by thousands of dollars. For your free information and to see if you qualify for your reduction, call the Federal Tax Relief Hotline, 1-800-432-0360. 1-800-432-0360. That's 1-800-432-0360. Boston conservative in the cradle of liberty. You'll want to listen when Chuck Moore speaks on the Information Radio Network.
Thank you very much. Hour number two of Chuck Moore Speaks, Monday through Friday, 10 till noon, Eastern Standard Time. You're welcome to join the program, 844-439-1391, 844-439-1391. We're joined by Brian Preston, a leading conservative blogger and opinionator since founding his first blog in 2001. He is a military veteran, worked with NASA, founding blogger and producer at Hot Air, um, he's working with the Pajamas Media now. He's going to blog up about the um, the firing of um, Secretary of Defense Hagel. Brian, thanks for joining me this afternoon. Well, thanks for having me. Uh, Brian, uh, give us in a nutshell what's going on. Why has Chuck Hagel been fired? Well, I think the short answer is Chuck Hagel has been fired because he started telling the truth uh, about the ISIS threat and about the decline of the U.S. military's capability. Uh, Hegel addressed both of those issues in an interview with Charlie Rose last week that didn't get a whole lot of notice, of course, until he was fired yesterday. And uh, in that interview with Charlie Rose, Hegel reiterated statements he had already made in a speech, which uh, probably didn't make the president very happy, in which he laid out that the U.S. military's declining capability is making the world more dangerous. And uh, that specifically in the case of ISIS, uh, that the, the threat has been mismanaged to the point that now we're inadvertently helping Assad uh, keep power in Syria. So you take those comments together, right. they're, they're, they're clearly uh, an indictment of how President Obama is managing the military at this point. And President Obama um, did, what, you know, did what you might expect in this situation. I'm sure Hegel isn't all that shocked either uh, and, and let him go. Now it's a it's just an interesting juxtaposition in that on one on the one hand we've got Secretary Hagel uh, sounding the alarm about cutbacks in military, but at the same time, Obama is authorizing an expansion of military operations not only against ISIS, but now he has signed an executive order expanding our role in Afghanistan. Uh, so, uh, you know, and that and that includes uh, personnel. So. Yeah. I mean, how is that? I mean, it doesn't seem like a, a a sane and sensible policy. I mean, if we're going to be cutting back on on the exp, on expenses associated with the military and at the same time expanding it, how is that going to work? Yeah, I, I, <laughs> that is the question I think that probably had Chuck Hagel scratching his head too. It's it's an excellent question, and it's one for which we don't really have an answer. I mean, this president right now is presiding over a couple of conflicts and presiding over them poorly. In the case of ISIS, we had the chance to stop the rise of ISIS in its tracks months ago, uh, close to a year ago now, had we gone in big and gone in quickly. At, at, but at the present time, ISIS is recruiting an estimated 1,000 new fighters per month. We are nowhere near taking out that many fighters in the airstrikes that we're conducting with the British uh, SAS uh, raids that are, that are being conducted right now against ISIS. The fact is, we're not winning through attrition. ISIS is getting bigger. ISIS is also getting richer uh, by trading uh, hostages for ransoms with their illicit oil trade, probably even with the drug trade. That isn't talked about very much. But terrorist groups like ISIS, like Hezbollah, like the Taliban, they tend to be both ideological armies bent on their ideological goals, but they fuel that, they, they make that run by engaging in, in drug trafficking. And that hasn't been talked about with ISIS very much, but I bet 
I would be willing to bet that they are engaging in drug trafficking at, at this point, too. So you have that conflict being mismanaged. You have Afghanistan being mismanaged. You have the president, rather than going in quickly to get the job done, he's, he's, he's Vietnamizing, really, the strategy, which, which means he is going in slowly, slowly ramping up the number of boots on the ground and, and calling them advisors and doing all the things that LBJ did back in the 60s as the United States slowly ramped up into Vietnam to the point that it became a major and protracted conflict. The ISIS fight doesn't have to be that. They don't have air power. They, they, they are not, at this point, a, a true combined arms capable force. They don't have a navy. What they do have is a lot of people on the ground and a, and a hyper-violent ideology and a, and a willingness to, to shed blood in, in the most horrific of ways. They could be stopped, but this president's just not doing it. And at the same time that he is slowly ramping up our involvement against ISIS and slowly ramping back up our, our involvement in Afghanistan, he has, in fact, presided over cutting the military back to the bone, back to a pre-World War II type level. And that is simply irresponsible. When you have the ISIS conflict, Afghanistan, and what the Russians are doing in, in Europe, and the possibility of war breaking out there, a larger war breaking out there involving our NATO allies and partners, it's simply irresponsible to be cutting the military back the, the way that it's being cut back. And yet, that is what's happening. And that was one of the things that Hegel protested. And, uh, and it, it was protesting, essentially telling the truth, that it's cost him his job. Right. The, uh, the ISIS seems to have um, obtained a, a pretty solid base on the ground. They're even printing their own currency now. They're, they're yeah. issuing, uh, you know, uh, coin. And they've got, uh, they, they've got a commanding position in both Iraq and Syria. There's threats to Turkey. Uh, do you think they're going to be able to uh, take over Baghdad? Well, I certainly hope not. I mean, Baghdad is a, a large, sprawling city geographically about the size of Los Angeles. It is a difficult city to take. I've been there. I was there in 2007. Uh, it, it's, it's a large, difficult city, and it, and it took even the United States military, you know, it, it took a great deal of fighting in Baghdad after the, the, the close of the actual war um, to to, to pacify it, and you know, it could be argued that it was really never pacified. Um, if, if ISIS were to take Baghdad, that would be a first order of magnitude type disaster. That would be the fall of an ally that we could have saved, and, and just the scope of that disaster is, is almost unimaginable. I mean, at this point, what we need to see, we need to see real American leadership. We need to see the Iraqis step up and. I am coming around to the idea that the Turks may need to get more involved. Now, I'm very skeptical of Turkey these days because it's, it's gone in such an Islamist direction. But Turkey does have an interest in, in fighting ISIS. And, and frankly, right now, the Syrians are just too weak to do it. Uh, the the right. Syrian military is preoccupied with its own struggles. And it is fighting ISIS uh, on the ground in Syria, but it, it, it's not going to help out in Iraq. Um, uh, yeah, we, we are, we're looking Although at the Turkey potential seems, for one of the worst disasters in the Middle East if, if Baghdad falls. Although Turkey seems to be um, against against the Kurds, who yes, uh, and, and have that's claims why it's upon Turkish skeptical. Government. Yeah, that's why it's worth being skeptical of the Turks, the, the Turks, and and their intentions and their involvement because they are against the Kurds. Now they have there have been reports lately that they've been slyly helping the Kurds in Syria, but, but Turkey has an interest in not wanting to help the Kurds too much because the Kurds have dreams of independence themselves, 
uh, that, that the Iraqis fear and the Turks fear as well. And uh, it, it, it's, it's, it's such a complicated situation over there. And I'm not one to sit here and say there are easy answers. But one of the most obvious right. answers was for the United States to move in quickly, early, take out the ISIS threat before it grew to the, to the massive cancer that it is now. Meanwhile, yesterday um, it was announced that uh, John Kerry's negotiation with Iran over their nuclear development has failed, and yeah. uh, admittedly by his own definition. And at the same time, you've got Israel uh, rattling sabers at Iran. Um, where where does that fall into the the regional conflict and the greater conflict? Do you think? Well, what we have done by negotiating directly with Iran is to legitimize Iran. And Iran is going to be emboldened uh, both by the fact that we had the talks and by, and by the fact that they're not seen to be capitulating to any U.S. or Israeli demand regarding their nuclear weapons program. In fact, Iran is, is basically calling the shots. And uh, there was a story that came across yesterday about Iran positioning itself not just as a leading state in the Middle East, but the leading Islamic state in the Middle East by hosting a conference of Shiite and Sunni clerics to come to Qom, Iran, and to talk about ways to eliminate extremism. Well, the, the, the government in Tehran is one of the most extreme on earth. Uh, it, it's, it's only moderate by comparison to some of the things ISIS does, but it's by no means moderate at all. But that conference tells us what Iran is attempting to do, is setting itself up using these talks with the United States that have failed and in which it's not seen to surrender, and using its, its newfound sort of hegemony uh, in the Middle East to set itself up as a serious regional, even global power. Our administration is empowering that. Uh, Israel is, is well within its rights to, to take measures to defend itself. Iran has said repeatedly in the past, that it wants to eradicate Israel from the face of the earth. Uh, Israel obviously has no obligation to take that lying down. So there's, there's, Israel has every right to be doing what it's doing. And, and I, I think this administration's policies with regard to Iran in particular, maybe it's most dangerous. I mean, you, you look at the dangers of, of not taking out ISIS, but ISIS at this point remains mostly contained. Ideologically, obviously, it's not contained, but, but it's, it's actual force at this point is mostly contained. Iran can project power and terrorism through Hezbollah, through its own operatives, all over the world, and has shown in the past no hesitation to do that. And if you add the nuclear ambitions to the mix, uh, Iran becomes an incredible, almost unthinkable threat, and yet we are empowering them and, and allowing them to set themselves up as, as this regional power and as this, 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 this power that can put a stamp on authentic Islam. And that's just the dangers of that, of Iran branding what is and is not authentic Islam, are just, they're, they're, they're almost too, too horrible to contemplate. Okay, we're joined by Brian Preston with PJ Media. He's a conservative blogger. Brian, how does this thing break down, if at all, with regard to uh, division between Sunni and Shiite? We know that Iran is Shiite and that um, they're propping up the Shiite regime in, in Syria. Uh, whereas ISIS is Sunni, and uh, of course Saudi Arabia is Sunni, and Turkey is Sunni, uh, is yeah. and and I think so is in Egypt. How is that shaking out? Is it going to be? I mean, uh, are there is there perhaps a uh, somewhat of a natural system of checks and balances between these two 
uh, you know, movements within Islam. Yeah, I, I wouldn't call it a system of checks and balances. I mean, that, that's what we have or had in the United States and our government, which keeps the peace because the, the, the co-equal branches of government are all based on human nature and human ambition. They're vying for power, and, and they do it in a peaceful way. In, in the case of Sunni versus Shiite Islam, what we've seen over, over the centuries is, is uh, sporadic periods of peace interrupted by long periods of, of internecine violence. Um, at the moment right now, Iran is the strongest player in, in the Middle East. Uh, the Syrians are, they're Alawite, actually, their leadership, and, and they are, they're a satellite, basically, of Iran at this point, um, to the extent right. that they uh-huh. exist as a nation-state anymore. Uh, Iran is making this place to become the authentic voice of Islam. The Egyptians, because of their own internal struggles, uh, Egypt is kind of sidelined right now as a major power, and, and Egypt is moving more in the direction of, of peace with Israel again. And, of course, many in the Middle East right. cannot abide that, and, and they, they hate that. So I, I think it's very dangerous right now because Iran is the most radical regime in the area as, as, a, as a real regime. They're the most radical one, and yet they are setting themselves up to be this, this central focus to take the place of Egypt, and that's very dangerous. All right, Brian, we've got a brief break here. We'll be right back. Friend, this is Pat Boone with a pretty good idea on how you can earn extra money in your spare time and, while you're doing it, help provide food for starving children. You heard me. Now you can earn money for your family and provide meals for hungry children all at the same time. Why don't you check out usagoodness.com. Get more information on starting a new home business. You'll feel great earning extra money to help the family budget, but you'll feel even better knowing that your work is actually saving lives. Go to usagoodness.com or call toll-free 800-301-6177. Again, 800-301-6177. You can earn some extra money for your family while helping other families in dire need of food and provision. 800-301-6177 or usagoodness.com and you can tell them Pat Boone gave you the number. Hi, I'm Joan London and if you're worried about your parent or a loved one living alone like I was and you want reliable senior care information, then call A Place for Mom, the nation's largest senior living referral service. You'll get free information on assisted living, Alzheimer's care, nursing homes, even important financial information. They had obviously researched every place, not just given me names. They found me a place for what she could afford, and it was magnificent. We're now very confident that she's safe, and they just helped every step of the way, and I can't thank them enough. So if you're struggling to find reliable senior living information, call a place for mom. This is a free service, and you can trust them to help you. If you're struggling to find reliable senior living information for your mom or dad, then call or go online to get the free help you need during this turbulent time. Call now, 800-469-7591, 800-469-7591. This report is brought to you by Bank of America. Small business owners throughout the nation give themselves high marks on technology use. According to the Bank of America Small Business Owner Report, 67% give themselves an A or B when asked to grade themselves or their business on tech savviness. Technology also makes 58% of small business owners feel more in control. 
In addition, small businesses are becoming increasingly dependent on technology when it comes to their daily routine. As 34% of small business owners say they could not successfully run their business for more than a day without a smartphone or tablet. 71% also feel technology helps them save time. Steve Strauss, leading small business expert, discusses the technology spotlight among small business owners. Digital integration among small business owners is becoming vital to their success. Adapting to the latest technology trends saves them time and makes them more competitive in what is now an increasingly global marketplace. To view the report, visit newsroom.bankofamerica.com. This is a special news alert to consumers who owe back taxes to the IRS. Due to the financial hardship consumers are facing during the decline in the U.S. economy, the Internal Revenue Service is now accepting reduced settlements from consumers on back taxes, resulting in back taxes reduced by thousands of dollars. An open phone line has been established by federal tax relief for consumers to call and see if you qualify for this reduction. To ensure your financial stability during this decline in the economy, take down this number or store it in your cell phone, but call one 800 432-0360. That's 1-800-432-0360. If you owe back taxes to the IRS, there's no need to fear anymore. The IRS is now accepting reduced settlements from consumers, resulting in tax debts reduced by thousands of dollars. For your free information and to see if you qualify for your reduction, call the Federal Tax Relief Hotline, 1-800-432-0360. 1-800-432-0360. That's 1-800-432-0360. Chuck Morse speaks. Thanks so much. We're joined by Brian Preston from PJ Media. Uh, Brian, I have to ask you, obviously this is a news-driven program, so I need to ask you about uh, what's going on in the news in Ferguson. Very predictably, there have been the riots that everyone predicted and the looting and the burnings in light of the um, decision not to indict Officer Darren Wilson. Uh, what say you with regard to this? What what can we learn from it? Well, uh, actually, I wrote a piece last night and then published this morning um, talking about how we got to this point in the case of, of Michael Brown. And I make the argument that he's a victim, but not in the way people think. And what I mean by that is this is a kid who, at 18, apparently was never taught any values, was never taught real self-respect or respect for others, or respect for authority. He was, according to the autopsies, using drugs uh, heavily, using marijuana heavily, the, the day he was killed, uh, shortly after robbing a convenience store. There are all kinds of indications that he was into the gang and drug culture, whether he was in a gang or not actually himself. Probably wasn't, actually. Um, but what we're looking at now is these riots last night. There's there's nothing of justice in this. Most of the businesses that were destroyed in Ferguson last night were owned by minorities. And so many people woke up this morning, if they weren't up all night, they woke up this morning without jobs. Uh, the, the folks that had jobs in Ferguson, do not. many of them do not have jobs anymore. Many family businesses were destroyed uh, last night. And there, there's just a sense of things spiraling out of control. Uh, not just in Ferguson, but worldwide. But Ferguson last night was was the locus of that feeling, that that things are just are are just spiraling uh, out of control. I, I think it's a tragic situation, all the way all the way around. Michael Brown, of course, did not have to die on August 9th, but the choices that he made and the things that he were taught leading up to that, or the things that he was not taught uh, leading up to that, uh, 
brought him to that point. And at the, at the moment in, in which he was killed, he, he was, according to the grand jury, behaving aggressively, charged the officer, tried to get his weapon, and apparently was, was not taught not to do that or was, was steeped in a culture in which the disrespect for authority is, is acceptable. It just they're, they're, What we learn from this, I think, is that we have serious soul problems in a culture that, that really disregards the existence of the soul. And I don't know how we fix this. I think because it's a problem of the soul, it's much more difficult to fix, actually. If this was a simple police policy that could be fixed, then you fix it. If this was a simple case of injustice, right. then you fight for justice. But that's not where we are in this case. Where we are in this case is we have many, 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 many people out there like Michael Brown. Fortunately, to this point, they have not gotten themselves killed by a police officer or by someone else. But there are many, 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 many people out there who are just as hopeless, who are just as steeped in negative, destructive cultures and behaviors. And what do we do to change that? What do we do to fix that? I, I wish I had answers this morning, to be honest with you. I really do. But what we're seeing right now is, is simply tragic, and, and we'll do nothing right. to make anything any better. Well, yeah, I mean, it just seems to me that it should be viewed as a situation that really has nothing to do with um, whether Michael Brown was black. If anybody right. had been behaving like that, they would have been shot. If you or I had yeah. done this to a police officer, we looked like that. We were 300 pounds trying to grab his gun, beating him up, you know, not stopping, yeah. being high on dope. We would have probably been shot. The officer was just doing his job. I mean, the guy was aggressive. Maybe he shouldn't have killed him, but the, the fact is that, uh, you know, it had nothing to do with his race. And right. I think what's happened is you've got race baiters coming in, including Attorney General Holder, and you've yep. got left-wing media like CNN making a national story, hoping and fanning the flames of of a yep. of a riot by constantly, day after day, hour after hour, the riot is coming, the riot is coming, you know, basically creating a situation and defining it. And then, of course, you got the Jesse Jacksons and the Al Sharptons who's on his way over there trying to exploit the situation by creating more racial division and by framing it in a racial manner. There's nothing to do with race. It has to do with someone who was behaving in a way that would get the kind of response that, that he got. Anybody would yeah. have gotten the same, whether they're black or white or whatever. So, I mean, so I just think that, um, yeah, as you say, I mean, these are outside agitators. You know, it's sort of what maybe in the 19, the same people in the 1960s were burning down, uh, you know, Detroit and, uh, and Newark. You know, they, they're, they're communist inspired. I'm not saying they're members of, a communist party, but they, they, right. they've embraced this sort of rhetoric that, you know, that, that uh, you know, to kill the white person and kind of a collectivist outlook. And uh, and I think we should understand that as part of it. Anyway, we've got another break here. Brian will be right back. Right. Business and cash is tight. So what do you do when you need funds? 
Go to a bank? <laughs> yeah, right. Waste a lot of time, send tons of paperwork only to find out you need to personally guarantee your home, firstborn, and everything in between. Or you can just call the Business Funding Group. Yeah, it's fast and simple with a 95% approval rate and cash for any business purpose. Equipment, inventory, expansion, cash flow, payroll. Grab a pen or put this number in your cell phone, but call 1-800-684-5434. That's 1-800-684-5434. When you call, you'll find out how to quickly and easily get the cash you need, up to $1 million with no collateral, no app or upfront fees, and your credit rating is not a factor. Plus approvals in 12 hours and funds in two to three days. Call the Business Funding Group at 1-800-684-5434. That's 1-800-684-5434. This is by far the fastest and best business loan you can possibly get. Call 1-800-684-5434 now. This is a multi-view report brought to you by Pfizer Oncology. Over the last decade, the way certain lung cancers are diagnosed and treated has changed. Doctors have found that there are many types of lung cancer which can be driven by different genetic alterations. Molecular testing can determine if a patient's tumor has a particular alteration which can help identify potential treatment options. Dr. Mark Lomeo, lung cancer patient and retinal surgeon who was recently diagnosed with metastatic NSCLC, a type of lung cancer, shares his story. As a doctor and non-smoker who exercised regularly, I was surprised to learn that I had lung cancer. After my doctor conducted molecular testing on my tumor, I discovered I have a type of genetic alteration for which there are available treatment options. I strongly encourage all patients with lung cancer to talk to their doctors about getting their tumor tissue tested. For more information and to help spread awareness of molecular testing, visit lungcancerprofiles.com. I'm Danielle Adair. Chuck Morse speaks. Thanks so much, Brian Preston, my guest from PJ Media. Brian, I want to thank you for sharing your insights. You've got a lot to say on uh, on issues internationally and and domestically. Uh, what are you working on now, and where can people read your work? Well, uh, as everyone in the press, I think I'm working on uh, Ferguson stories. I may also have a piece about Bill Cosby up before the end of the day. And uh, you can find me at pjmedia.com slash Tatler, T-A-T-L-E-R. Very good. Listen, thanks so much. And uh, by the way, it's a very sad situation with Bill Cosby, I must say. Very disappointing, you know, especially he had such a great image, you know. Yeah, it's tragic whether so, um, he's guilty, and it's tragic whether he's innocent. Either way you go, this is this exactly. it's, it's a horrible, tragic story, and, and that's what I'll be writing about. Very good. Thanks a lot, Brian. I appreciate you joining me. Thank you, Chuck. Right, My pleasure. Care. All right. Take care. Thank you. And uh, that's, again, uh, Brian Preston. He is with PJ Media. The, uh, the story is breaking in Ferguson. It's very predictable. Uh, I think it, it just reminds me of um, the sort of incitement from the media uh, in the 1960s when they incited, I would argue, and aided and abetted the rioting that went on in American cities in the summer of 1967 when uh, radical black activists, mainly uh, at that time, quite frankly, and I think there's evidence to suggest it, influenced by the Communist Party and by the left, uh, basically burned down black neighborhoods, uh, some of which never really recovered, including Detroit 
and and Newark, New Jersey, among others. And uh, why are they doing it? Why are they using the fellow black people as as cannon fodder in in their revolution? You know, right now in Ferguson, uh, you know, it's, it particularly it's galling to me, um, as uh, as Brian Preston points out, they're burning black businesses, black entrepreneurs. Why? What is possible? What is the message there? That Michael Brown should not have been shot? I mean, you know, to me, I mean, the fact that anyone would think in that way, you would think that the response might be the opposite, which would be, what can we do to improve our community and try to encourage better values that would not lead to situations like this, where you have someone behaving so lawlessly that they are, you know, it's like they're out there waving their arms in the air and saying, shoot me, shoot me, shoot me. I mean, anybody would, would, would have had that happen. You or I, you the listener or myself, if we were like, if we went and robbed a convenience store and then was high on, on whatever he was high on and uh, weighed, two, weighed 300 pounds and was, uh, or 200 pounds and was rolling down the middle of the street and then we, we beat up a police officer and uh, try to grab his gun, it has nothing to do with his being black. It has everything to do with his actions. But if the black community is concerned about it, I would hope that they would have the the moral courage to do some self-examination, to do some critical thinking and ask, what is it about this situation? What, what has caused uh, a phenomenon where someone would behave like this? And, uh, and try to address it instead of, uh, you know, fanning the flames. And then, of course, the, 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 the ridiculousness or, or, or the, the danger of having a president of the United States and an attorney general stepping into a local matter on the side of uh, against the police officer as if he had done something wrong, which he did not. He was just, uh, you know, he was fulfilling and upholding the law and that's been backed by a grand jury, that they would weigh in and say, oh, you know, this is somehow wrong. It not only, in a sense, delegitimizes or, or hurts law enforcement, but it creates the racial division that they probably want to create. We'll be right back. A Truth Talk defender, Chuck Morse, is someone you really do want to know. Chuck hosts the radio talk show, Chuck Morse Speaks, which is nationally syndicated. He's the author of books and numerous columns that have been published broadly. Chuck received the 2003 Communicator of the Year Award and was named a heavy 100 radio talk host by Talkers Magazine. When Chuck Morse speaks, people listen. The taking possession of this tiny holy land so that the Jew can serve God, not conquer the world. To hear Chuck live, go to irnusaradio.com. To hear Chuck with Deborah Ray on Truth Talk Beyond the Soundbite, visit the On Demand page at deborahray.us.
most of us have pondered about the one universal question. Is there a God? And if there is, is there any absolute proof? It is for that exact reason why my good friend Sam Sorbo and I, Marius Forte, have written our book, The Answer, Proof of God in Heaven. In essence, the answers in our book are surprisingly simple as they're true. Just as light will eliminate darkness, so does the law, which in Greek is called cosmos, eliminate the possibility of chance. Therefore, chance had no part in the creation of the law, this cosmos. And so the only other possibility is that the law was created by a creator that we call God. The answer, Proof of God in Heaven, is probably one of the most powerful books that truly proves the existence of God via His universal laws, and with it that of an eternal soul and everlasting life. Please find our book, The Answer, Proof of God in Heaven, now on Amazon.com or at our website, theanswer-book.com. ...with a pretty good idea on how you can earn extra money in your spare time, and while you're doing it, help provide food for starving children. You heard me. Now you can earn money for your family and provide meals for hungry children all at the same time. Why don't you check out usagoodness.com? Get more information on starting a new home business. You'll feel great earning extra money to help the family budget, but you'll feel even better knowing that your work is actually saving lives. Go to usagoodness.com or call toll-free 800-301-6177. Again, 800-301-6177. You can earn some extra money for your family while helping other families in dire need of food and provision. 800-301-6177 or usagoodness.com and you can tell them Pat Boone gave you the number. Taking back America one listener at a time. Chuck Morse speaks. Thank you very much. So the black community of Ferguson doesn't need this. They don't need to see the businesses burned down, businesses they've invested in all the, you know, for, for however long, you know, their equity destroyed, their jobs destroyed. For what? So outside communistic agitators could come in and try to stir up a conflict where it need not exist. You know, Rudy, Mayor Rudy Giuliani said it best on television that, uh, there would not be police presence in these communities, white or otherwise, if you didn't have this phenomena of black-on-black -black crime. Most of the crime is uh, committed against black people. What should happen? Should, they, should there not be law enforcement there to try to uphold law and order and to protect innocent people? I think that that's what they're trying to do. I think that there are certainly a bad cops, of course, but for the most part, we ought to honor them, the fact that they go out every day and risk their own lives and risk their own safety to uphold the law is something that ought to be honored. Black communities ought to celebrate the fact that they're going in and encourage them to go in and take out bad elements, people, quite frankly, like the late Michael Brown. I'm not saying he deserves to be killed, but... He was uh, he was a, a near to well. I mean, he was robbing a store. He was on drugs. He was probably, uh, you know, th there's, it's reasonable to assume that he he had a violent past. Uh, you know, so 
I would think that the the black community would would urge law enforcement to come in and protect the 95, 98% of the people who live in that community who are law-abiding, who are starting to try to make a, a life for themselves, trying to get ahead, trying to build a business, trying to conduct their affairs. And uh, instead of honoring this guy who clearly was a thug, and to have the President of the United States and the Attorney General and to have this 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 funeral where, where, where people flying in from all over the world, what are they saying? Are they, bl- I mean, who are they, you know, who's, who, you know, are they pointing a finger of blame at who? And I think that under under Obama, the black community has had to deal with an increase in unemployment and an increase in the number of people who need to go on welfare. Is that good? I'll be right back. Most of us have pondered about the one universal question. Is there a God? And if there is, is there any absolute proof? It is for that exact reason why my good friend Sam Sorbo and I, Marius Forte, have written our book, The Answer, Proof of God in Heaven. In essence, the answers in our book are surprisingly simple as they're true. Just as light will eliminate darkness, so does the law, which in Greek is called cosmos, eliminate the possibility of chance. Therefore, chance had no part in the creation of the law of this cosmos. And so the only other possibility is that the law was created by a creator that we call God. The answer, Proof of God in Heaven, is probably one of the most powerful books that truly proves the existence of God via His universal laws, and with it that of an eternal soul and everlasting life. Please find our book, The Answer, Proof of God in Heaven, now on Amazon.com or at our website, theanswer-book.com. Chuck Morse speaks. Thank you very much. So I, I hope that um, in uh, in the din of the media coverage and the wall to wall coverage by CNN of this upcoming rioting and looting and day after day, hour after hour. Yes, it's happening. It's happening. Here it comes. I hope we could get to the bottom of who these criminals are who have burned businesses and terrorized the people of Ferguson. I hope that once cooler heads prevail, and that's not going to happen anytime soon, not only can we uncover this conspiracy, and I do call it a conspiracy, to try to not only damage the lives and the property of the people of Ferguson, Missouri, but also fan the flames of racism for political agenda and political motives to try to create disorder and uh, to try to create a breakdown in the social order. I hope we can find out who these people are and I hope we could find out what they believe in and what they're all about. You know, in my own modest way, that's, that's what I try to do in this program. I try to find out what people believe in so we can bring it out in the open. It can be exposed in clear and, and unequivocal language. And it can be examined for its virtues and its faults. Let the listener decide. Let the follower decide. We want speech. That's what talk radio is all about, speech. 
And, uh, yeah, I've been accused of, uh, of being, you know, having an agenda and this sort of thing. That's true. I have my biases. I do support certain ideas, which I think are good for progress, and I oppose others. And I'm not a, I have no problem at all stating why I believe what I believe in. I am simply trying to get others to do the same, to come out and take positions. Let's find out what you think. Let's debate it and so we can see it and expose it. Because I think exposure is, the it's, first of all, it's the purpose. It's the real essential purpose of a free press and of a free media and of the right to a freedom of speech. That's why we have that. Not so we can use the F word, you know, not so we can use the S word. We have it because it gives us the freedom to expose corruption, to, uh, to debate ideas that can affect our lives and our futures, and to debate them in a way that, that shows them up for uh, view uh, with the understanding that average people are intelligent enough to know what's good and bad to know what works and what doesn't work. So that's what I hope happens here. I don't think it's going to happen here. Of course, I'm encouraged by the fact that the Republicans are going to be taking over Congress in January, which opens up possibilities, at least, that there might be a couple of good patriots now elected who are going to bring up things and are going to investigate corruptions and... Uh, and start to take a look at uh, at the workings of our society and of our, our nation and our national policies in a way that will uh, expose corruption. I hope and I actually believe that this midterm election is and should be viewed as a cultural change. It's not just electing Republicans, which uh, which happened in a big way much bigger way than the media would like to admit. I think after Mary Landrieu loses in, uh, in next week in December, and probably will, the Republicans will have picked up nine seats in the U.S. Senate. They increased their margin in the U.S. House by a level that I have not heard reported, but there were 40 seats up for grabs. And uh, I think that Republicans picked up at least half of those, and probably more. They consolidated their governorships around the country and picked up a few new ones, including the Commonwealth of Massachusetts, I'm proud to say, and most shockingly of all, Maryland. And they came within earshot of picking up Vermont, where an unknown uh, Republican businessman challenged the liberal Democrat establishment uh, governor and uh, came within one percentage point of winning. So... They've also captured state houses across the country, uh, state legislatures. So Republicans have a pretty steep farm uh, league, as it were, a good field of people who are beginning to enter public life and who have ideals and who have something they want to say and they want to express it in the form of crafting public policy. This is all good news. This is all, I would argue, a genuine cultural shift I think Barack Obama knows that. I think that uh, Nancy Pelosi and uh, and Harry Reid know that. Okay, we'll be right back.
Are you tired of having more month left over at the end of the money? Then you might want to consider a home-based business. On average, a home business household earns nearly twice as much money and you don't have to fight traffic. Hi, how in the world are you anyway? This is Andy Willoughby with the three-step plan home business system. Building a home business could help you get out of debt, improve your lifestyle, why, you might even be able to save some money for a change. For information, go to 3stepusa.com or call 800-480-2102. There are thousands of people all over the nation using the three-step plan to make money from home. Some are working for just a few extra dollars each month so they don't have to worry about money all the time. Others are building huge businesses that earn thousands upon thousands of dollars and are getting their share of the American dream. To find out how you could make more money working from home, go to 3stepusa.com or call 800-480-2102. That's 800-480-2102. Chuck Morse Speaks. Thank you very much, and I want to thank again Rebecca Adamson for joining me earlier in the first hour. Her organization is First Peoples Worldwide, firstpeoples.org. They uh, challenge the the cause of indigenous people. Uh, I thought it would be a very good guest and very reasonable. I'm down with them. I mean, they seem to want to work with, um, well, you know, helping uh, indigenous people retain their culture and at the same time to... Um, to enjoy the benefits and the blessings of our modern Western civilization. She's working with corporations to help them uh, make sure that they both respect the wishes of local indigenous people, but also that indigenous people get a fair shake when it comes to the profits that are being made from uh, the, um, you know, the mining and the, uh, the, the uh, drilling in their lands. I, I support that. Uh, I think that it's a good cause. Um, uh, you know, at least as far as it goes. I mean, of course, I'd have to look into it further, but I, from, from what I hear, it seems good, and I may uh, look into it further, you know, in, in the coming weeks. Um, you know, it's, uh, we talked about, of course, uh, you know, the Ferguson situation and also uh, the firing of uh, Secretary of Defense Chuck Hagel with Brian Preston, who is with Pajamas Media. I want to thank him for joining me as well. Um, I want to thank. I want to wish everyone a happy Thanksgiving. May God uh, extend His blessings to our great nation for another year. That's what Thanksgiving is all about. It's a Thanksgiving to God for extending for another year the great blessings that He has bestowed on our great republic. That's why George Washington issued uh, the nations of one of the nation's first executive orders by uh, declaring such a holiday be held every November um, in anniversary of the uh, signing of the the Constitution that, once again, we have come through another year and that we have earned the blessings of the of the creator of the universe. We pray that, uh, that we continue to enjoy those blessings and that we do so under the context that we adhere to the, the moral and ethical precepts that God revealed to all of mankind at Sinai. So have a good holiday, everyone. I shall return next Monday at the usual time, 10 a.m. You'll be listening to Best of, so to speak, in the interim. Thank you for listening, and thank you to the USA Network. Have a good day, everybody. 
home comes with a lot of to-dos. Tune up the furnace, clean the gutters, remodel the kitchen. Whatever your home improvement need, HomeAdvisor can help you find a pro you can trust to get the job done right. Go to rebuild.homeadvisor.com for instant access to top-rated pros in your area, including electricians, handymen, plumbers, whatever type of home pro you need. And HomeAdvisor is absolutely free to use. At HomeAdvisor, you can read customer reviews of the pros, even use the cost guide to find out what hundreds of other home projects cost in your area. And because HomeAdvisor knows it's important to find a pro you can trust in your home, they conduct background checks on their service professionals. It's just one of the reasons more than 25 million homeowners have used HomeAdvisor. Go to rebuild.homeadvisor.com to find the right pro for your project. That's rebuild.homeadvisor.com.